Well, good afternoon. How's everyone doing this afternoon? Amen. Amen. Phyllis is good on the front row there. How's everyone doing this afternoon? It's a little better, a little better. I know some of you are still talking and chatting, so that's that's fine. That's good. Can we just thank God for our worship team and just all the hard work and great job that they put in? We are so thankful for these guys. They're here from very early in the morning. Many of you are still in your bed, and they are here getting ready, warming up, and we're just really thankful for just their their heart, not just as worship leaders, but as lead worshipers. Amen? As they lead us in the presence of God. So, good afternoon. If we've never met before, my name is Pastor Brendan Witten, lead pastor here at Toronto State Church, serving alongside with my wife. And uh, we're just so glad that everyone's here. If you are here for the first time today, we want to give you an extra special welcome. You could be many places right now. You've chosen to be here with us. That means a lot to us. It really matters. So thank you for joining us. Here's what we'd love to ask. When you go out those doors at the end of service, you're going to go immediately to your left, and there's going to be a Connect table. At the Connect table, we have a team member there who would love to meet you, love to get to know you a little better, answer any questions that you have, and we also have a free gift that we want to give you. Something, no strings attached, something small just from us to say thank you for joining us. And so if you want to head out to that table after service, that would be so awesome and we'd be so thankful. Uh, Before we jump into the Word of God today, I just wanted to take care of several preliminary things. How many of you have been out to one of our prayer gatherings this fall so far, either Altered Friday or Altered Wednesday morning? How many people just hands raised? Awesome, that's a whole ton of us, but I want to encourage you. There's a lot of hands that didn't go up. We have had an amazing start this season. We've really felt God tell us to put an extra focus on prayer and on seeking Him. And so every week we're rotating. One week it's going to be a Friday night prayer gathering here at the church. The next week it's a Wednesday morning 6 a.m. prayer gathering. And so I want to tell you guys, we've had an amazing start to things. We had a whole ton of people here on the Friday night, and we had over 50 people here at 6 a.m. praying and seeking God this past Wednesday morning. Amen? How many were here at the 6 a.m.? Where my 6 a.m. crew at with a bunch of people? We all rolled in in our hoodies and our sweat track suits and everything else. But we had an amazing time. And so I want to encourage you. Jump on board. If you've not yet, let's keep pushing forward with this prayer focus. It's a really important thing that God's doing, and it's about us taking the time to seek Him together. It's not just about seeking Him on our own, but there's something this season about seeking God together. And so this week, everyone say this week. This week we're back to our Friday. So we're going to be here Friday night, 7.30 p.m. It's also a fasting Friday. So we encourage you to fast in the day leading up to the prayer meeting. And we're excited to keep pressing into what God's doing. We also have some other things we're going to be rolling out over the next couple weeks. But we're excited about the launch of a new intake for School of the Spirit and also School of Prayer. So I'm actually going to invite my wife to come and she's going to share a little bit about School of the Spirit, which is starting next week, and then School of Prayer, which is a virtual course, which will be starting the week after. So why don't you give her a hand as she comes. Good morning, good morning. How are you? Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Oh, wow. Look at you guys. Can we close our eyes for a second? Sorry. Um, Just in worship, there is a song. It's like an old school song um, that kept coming back to me. Um, It goes, um, whew. There is a sweet anointing in the 
this morning. I know I'm supposed to be doing an announcement. So sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, I just felt so strongly about this morning. I was just standing in worship, feeling an anointing, feeling the anointing of the presence of the Lord and an opportunity to lay down the burdens that we're carrying. So I want to give you an opportunity this morning. I'm I'm obviously going to say something about What was it I was supposed to say something about school of the spirit? My bad. Um, But I want to just give you a moment. I just felt like the Lord. How about we do this? If you feel like you're carrying a weighty thing this morning, I mean, it may be all of us. I want you to stand for another moment quickly. Just stand to your feet. I just want to pray for you this morning. Come on, if there are people around you, just stretch your hands. I mean, honestly, if really, if you are carrying something this morning, I just felt like there's an anointing, such grace from a kind God to meet you where you are this morning. I'm just going to sing that again, and I'm going to pray for you. There is a sweet anointing in the sanctuary. There is a stillness in the atmosphere. So come lay down the burdens you have carried. For in the sanctuary, So, Father, this morning, you are so tender-hearted towards each and every one of us. And, Father, I just speak over and I just sing over my brothers and sisters this morning that feel like they are carrying a load that is too heavy for one to carry. And this morning, God, I just, I ask, God, that you would meet each and every one in their place of need. Father, that you would lift the burden that they are carrying this morning whether it is financial, whether it is physical, whether it is emotional, relational, whatever it is, God, would you lift the burden this morning? Father, would you give them grace this morning and wisdom for those that need wisdom? Father, as they lay down the burden, Father, your word says to cast all our cares upon you for you care so deeply about us. So this morning, God, may we know how much you care. Would you meet everyone in their place of need this morning? In Jesus' name. Just feel the anointing of God that comes to do stuff that we can't do ourselves. It's like some of you are in situations where you just, you actually don't know what to do and you don't know where to go. You've hit a wall. And the Spirit of the Lord says to you this morning that He's coming. Number one, so that you would know that you are not alone. But number two, he's coming to bring solutions. He's coming to come alongside you, to undergird you, to strengthen you. 
So just receive the strength of the Lord this morning. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, before we sit down, I just feel like the Spirit of God is here to bring solutions to, to some who felt stuck financially, where you are, you feel under the weight of like, it's almost like debt, or you have like no exit strategy. And there's anointing in this place for the Lord to give wisdom and for the, Lord, for the miraculous in finances. So all eyes closed, this is private, all heads bowed. If that is you, can you just wave at me? I want to pray for you. So, Father, right now, I pray for my brothers and my sisters, God. And God, I thank you, Lord, for your anointing for strategy. God, I thank you, Lord, for your anointing, Father, for the miraculous. And God, I thank you, Father, for miraculous debt cancellation, Jesus. God, I thank you, Father, that you will do it. God, your word says that you will supply all of our needs according to your riches and glory. So, God, we depend on you, Father, for our provision, God. And God, we repent where we've done it ourselves out of the strength of our own hand, God. God, we thank you, Lord, that we lean on you and not on our own understanding. So, God, out of this place, we thank you, Father, for strategy, for the power to make wealth, God. We thank you, Father, for where uh, money has been stuck, God. God, we thank you, Father, for... Uh, for a breakthrough, God. God, we thank you, God, for the promotions that have been promised, Father, to come through, God. We thank you, Father, for innovative ideas, God, in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father, for hope. God, you are the God of hope, God. And Father, where there's been a lack of hope, God, I thank you, Lord, for infusing hope in my brother and sister's heart in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 You may be seated. <laughs> uh, okay. Announcement, announcement. That's what I was doing up here. All right. Um, we're super excited. We are going to be launching another cohort of School of the Spirit Level 1. Um, level 1 and then... Uh, sorry, I'm just feeling the anointing of God so strong up here. So we're going we're gonna to be doing a level one. Level one, what we do in School of the Spirit is it is about the voice of God. It is about hearing God. It's about growing in the supernatural lifestyle and the lifestyle that God's called every Christian to walk in. It's about growing in the word, first and foremost, about our foundation, hearing the voice of God, and then growing in the gifts of the Spirit, growing um, in, you know, the miraculous, all those different things. So our, we're going to be launching a cohort of level one. Everybody say level one. That is going to start next Sunday, next Sunday after second service. So it's going to run from 1.30 to kind of about um, three o'clock um, and it will run for five weeks. Everybody say five weeks. So for those of you who are students that have just completed level one uh, right at the beginning of the summer, we are going to be doing a level two. Everybody say level two. That will start November the 12th, uh, and that will also run for four weeks, so that we have two cohorts that are going to be going through level two at the same time. Um, once again, School of the Spirit is so much fun as a class. Pastor Samuel and myself teach it. We're going to have another uh, surprise teacher this year who's going to get involved in that. Um, but it really is 
once again, level one, hearing the voice of God, um, foundations in the gifts of the spirit and um, and in the fruit of the spirit, all that good stuff. Level two is on how to steward prophetic words, prophetic evangelism, prophetic intercession. Level three is the supernatural realm, the realm of the spirit, angels, demons, a hierarchy as the Bible talks about uh, in the kingdom of God, kingdom of darkness, uh, deliverance, etc., etc. So we are going to be launching level one. So if you are interested in it, you can sign up for it. It is in person. It will be an in-person class. We'll get started on that. The second thing I want to mention is we have school of prayer. We're super excited about launching our online school of prayer again. That will begin um, as well on October the 9th, I think it is. Yes, it is. October the 9th, starting on a Monday. Um, And they are going to run concurrently. Um, Once again, it's an online course. It will be moderated by somebody, a few people actually. Um, So if you want to grow in prayer and intercession and you're really saying, hey God, I want to take um, my personal prayer life to another level. You want to take, you know, gathering as we're gathering this season to wait on the Lord in in prayer. Also, um, seriously, then you can join our school of prayer level one. School of Spirit level one that's coming up as well. Uh, one other thing that I will briefly mention right now, and I'm probably going to mention it a little bit more next Sunday. How many of you are an artist? You're in production, you're in music, sound, fine arts, dance, artist people, stand up, stand up. All y'all are not trying to tell us who you are. Stand right to your feet. If you are an artist, uh, that really should be pretty much everybody. We, we have the creative God living on the inside of us. But you're involved in some level of artistic, you may be an actor, all y'all need to stand, you guys weren't, our worship team wasn't standing, okay. Um, You may, maybe you write, you're a writer, you write poetry, you write for Netflix, whatever the case may be. Um, I want to let you guys know about something, you may, you may be seated, something that we are going to begin to gather. Um, It's, it's on the back of the word that Emma gave us uh, when she was here um, about a company of prophetic artists and about a company of, of um, artists that would gather, that would begin to, in fact, I think she said, look to the left or the right. You see there's property over there, studios, all this kind of stuff. So we are going to be launching something really fun, actually, that we've been working on. And it came to a bit of a catalytic moment when Emma came. She met with us and she's like, sorry, what? You've been working on this for a year? Yes, we've been working on it for about a year or so. Something that we're going to launch, which is pretty much the voice and the prophetic journey of the artisan and we're super excited about it so if you're an artist we are going to let you know about that next week and we will go from there I think I covered everything did I I did awesome so here's the thing here's the thing this morning I got dressed first I did and my husband has this way of matching And then he says, no, 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 I didn't match you. You tried to match me. We tried to look alike. I said, absolutely not. But he claims I like to look like him. So, which I don't know if is actually possible because you're you're white, I'm black. I'm going to get off the stage. I really don't think we match. I'm like, it's plaid, but it's like totally different colors. But yeah, she, if I want to bug her, I'll just say, hey, let's match today. (laughs) And she just gives me that look like, no. So... And then she dresses like me and tries to accuse me of trying to match her. And so that's just how it goes. So anyways, let's pray. And we're going to jump into the message. Uh, just a reminder to plan to protect. We got refreshers. So anyone who serves in ministry, if you've done plan to protect before, it's important for us to uh, steward things well, you know, just with our policies and procedures that you are refreshed in plan to protect. So it's this Sunday or it's next Sunday. Now, if you're going to go to school of the spirit, 
then you probably want to come to this Sunday after service. You can still drop in on it and just do it. And we're definitely welcoming more people to volunteer and to get involved. And oh, so let me say this, because lots going on, start of the, start of the ministry year. Uh, parents, just you know, for uh, Limitless Student Ministries, they had an amazing kickoff on Friday night. A whole bunch of young people are here, had a great time. What's going to happen on Sundays is at 11.20, the youth will all be gathering in the cafe for some snack. We're going to have snack for them and then come in and worship in service together. And so today they're out. They're going to have, there's going to be like Friday nights. There's going to be a monthly class on Sundays. They're also doing a serving Sunday where they're going to start being involved in serving more. Lots of good things are happening there. But so parents between grade 6 and grade 12, just so you're aware what's happening. If you're not on the email list, please reach out and let us know because at Esther and the team are sending out regular updates of what's happening. We've got Change Conference coming up, and we just want you to be familiar and to know what's happening with our students. Let's pray. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity we have to be here today. And Lord, just even as my wife was commenting, Lord, your presence is just so strong, and we're so thankful for that. And so even as we have an opportunity now to dig into your word for a few moments and then respond to you, Father, I thank you for just speaking to each one of us. Thank you for moving in each one of our hearts. Thank you that we will not just be hearers of this word, but we will be doers of this word. Thank you that it won't be what I say as much as what you say to every person through what I say. And we thank you for all this, Lord. We love you in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed, said, amen, amen. Well, Arnold, you know the deal. Thank you very much. And I'll have you back here pretty quickly. Um, I want to talk to you today. I want to talk to you a little bit more and, uh, about what call the upper room. And the upper room season, the upper room reality that we're in, I mean, I don't know if it'll be a preach as much as a share. And I actually want to build some things for us to then go back before the presence of the Lord. Uh, but two weeks ago, we started off the fall session and the fall season, and I shared with you a message about just what God was doing in us this coming season, and really a call for us to the upper room. A call for us as a church family to go to the upper room. Luke 24, 49 says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And so we are talking about the fact that we have these incredible promises from God. I mean, there's the regular promises that God gives us, which are incredible in themselves. But then we've had so many prophetic words and different promises that God has been speaking over us as a church family. But we recognize, even as we look at these things, that we do not have the strength or the ability to accomplish them ourselves. We do not have what it takes. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I look at what some, some of the things that God said and what God's promised, it's almost a little intimidating and overwhelming. Because I look at it myself, I go, man, I don't even know how am I going to do that? How am I going to walk out? Well, here's the deal. You're not. We're not. We don't have what it takes, but he does. Everybody say, he does. He has what it takes. And so he's saying to us to wait until you're endued with power from on high. And so it's this power that he wants to give us to walk in what he's called us to. But the key that we talked about in this verse where it hinges on, he said, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem or wait in Jerusalem. Everybody say wait. And so we're talking in this season about the priority of waiting on God. We're talking about this season about as a church family that we would prioritize his presence, that we would prioritize prayer, that we'd prioritize the prophetic word of the Lord, and then we would recognize the need to be endued with power from on high. 
So this is the season that we're in, and we made some choices as a church because we said we really sense this call to the upper room. It's like Jesus was speaking to his disciples. He's ascending to heaven. He's getting ready to release the church that he's going to build. He's getting released, but he didn't say go and do it. He first said go and wait. And so we believe that in this season, God is calling us to an upper room. God is calling us, not physically, but spiritually. And so that's why we're doing these extra prayer gatherings. And we're gathering. It was amazing. I was saying I loved it so much. I mean, last Friday was just incredible. I'm really looking forward to this coming Friday. But Wednesday morning as well, Pastor Sharon and I pulled up at 5, I don't know, what was it, 5.55 in the morning. And there were all these cars already in the parking lot of people just here ready to pray. And there's something about doing it together, amen? Somebody say together. There's something about not just doing it on our own, but doing it together in this season. And so we talked about this importance of waiting on God, or as the old timers call it, tarrying. And that we would tarry and that we would wait for him. And so we've set some things aside this fall. They're not bad things, they're good things. Many of them are things that we will continue in the future, but we set them aside so we could put that focus and we could put that attention and we could give our hearts fully to seeking God together. And if I can say right off the top, I want to just say to you guys, you've done an amazing job starting off already. I mean, just the spirit that was there on Friday night, the spirit that was there this past Wednesday morning, the spirit that we're seeing growing here on Sundays, and that's because hearts are open to God. So amazing job, guys. Congratulations, but let's keep going, amen? Let's not start well and then kind of fade off. We want this thing to build and just to continue to build as we set aside this time to seek the Lord. And so today what I want to do, it's a very simple message, but I want to take some more time to stir our hearts regarding this upper season, or this upper room. I want to take some more time to talk to you about this upper room reality, Again, we're not talking about a physical upper room. I mean, one day, you know, we build phase three. We're going to have two more floors up around here in the church, and the field out there becomes our new sanctuary. So we'll technically have some upper rooms we could go to, but we're not talking about a physical upper room. We're talking about a, a heart posture. We're talking about a focus in ourselves where we're seeking him and setting aside this time, coming away to focus on him. And I want to take some time today to stir your hearts and I want to talk to you a little more about waiting on God. Because that's what we talked about, waiting on the Lord. And so first and foremost, it's important for us to understand the difference between waiting for God and waiting on God. Do you guys know today there's a difference? Now, they're not completely contradictory to each other. There's a lot of interchange between the two. But you know, we talk about that verse out of Isaiah, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. There's this key to wait on God. Someone tell your neighbor, wait on the Lord. And so there's this difference between waiting for God and waiting on him. Now, how many of you in here have ever had to wait for somebody? All of us, how many of us have people have to wait for us? <laughs> Right, so there's something about waiting for people, and you have to sit and wait, but waiting on someone is different than waiting for them. What does it mean to wait on someone? You know, the best way I came to understand this a number of years ago, the Lord showed me when I was just studying and praying about this whole concept of waiting on him, is the concept of a waiter or a waitress. See, a waiter or a waitress when you come into a restaurant, they will come and they will wait on you. 
You notice the difference already? When as soon as you see that, it suddenly starts to change your perspective of what waiting means. And that we're not just waiting for God. Even though waiting on God, part of that is waiting for God. But there's so much more when we wait on him. What does it mean to wait on someone? Well, Collins Dictionary gives us this, this definition. First and foremost, to wait on someone means to act as a servant to. And again, just picture a waiter or a waitress. Maybe some of you have done that in the past, or maybe that's your job right now. But when we get that, we understand you come into the restaurant, you are shown to your seat, you sit down, and then they come and they serve you. They find out what would you like. They answer any questions that you have. They go and get their food. Right? They don't come and say, oh, your food's ready. You can go back to the kitchen and get it. I mean, that would be a problem. <laughs> right? They, they, they serve you. And so when we're talking about this season of waiting on God, the first thing I want us to consider is this whole aspect of waiting on God is serving God, not just expecting God to serve us. This is really important, guys, because we live in a culture right now. We live in a culture that is very consumer-based. And it just leaks into everything that we do. I go somewhere, I expect good service. If I don't get good service here, then I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to expect good service there. And I'm, I'm all for good service. I, I like doing things well. As a church, I want to do things well. But that can start to creep into our walk with God and our faith for God, where we are, instead of waiting on the Lord, we expect the Lord to wait on us. And I don't just mean waiting for us, but I'm talking about him waiting on us. Well, there's this aspect where it's so easy, where God, what are you doing for me? God, what are you giving to me? So when we come into worship, it's an opportunity to wait on the Lord. But how often we come, oh, I don't really like this song. Oh, this is taking too long. It's, it becomes all about us. It becomes what we like. It becomes about what we desire. It becomes, and instead of us having this heart, see, when you learn to wait on God, it's your heart of saying, God, how can I serve you? Now, I'm thankful for all the ways you're serving me. I'm thankful for all that you've given me. I'm thankful for all that you've done in my life. But my heart is not just what are you doing for me, but what can I do for you? My heart is not just how are you serving me and what are you blessing me with and what is my calling and what is my purpose and what am I comfortable with today and what do I like? Your heart literally becomes, Lord, I'm here for you. I want to wait on you. And guys, I believe in this season, one of the things, there's this line that I feel for somebody. And, and don't get me wrong, this is a journey we go on. And it's a journey that we grow on throughout our faith and throughout our walk. But so many of us, without even realizing it, everything is orientated around us. And it's God serving us. God serving what we're comfortable with. God serving what we like. God serving what we want to do. How we want to do things. And everything is based around us sitting on the throne and Jesus serving us instead of us getting off the throne. I'm saying, Lord, you be enthroned in mind for worship. Yes, I receive so much of worship, but worship is not for me. Worship is for him. Right? We're talking about a 6 a.m. prayer meeting. If this is about me, I'm not getting up because I'm going to be tired. It's going to be a long day. It's dark when I get up. I got to drive. But if it's for him, you see the difference? Many of us don't realize it, but the way we live our Christianity is we come and sit down. We go, Jesus, service please. 
Now, I know someone's kind of flinched when we do that, but here's the point. It's all about him serving us. Now, does he serve us? Oh, yes, he does. But there's this maturity factor where we cross the line and we say, hey, I'm here to wait on you. Not just you waiting on me. So waiting equals, it's an act of service. The, the second thing that waiting is, this is Collins Dictionary, it's to call on or visit, especially a superior, in order to pay your respects. Now I know that language sounds kind of funny, especially the whole part of in order to pay your respects, but maybe we can flip it a little bit, it'll help us, in order so you can worship. In order so we can hear from you. So there's this element of waiting, the first one says, I'm here to serve you, Lord. But second, the element of waiting is, I'm actually going to come and gather together. I'm going to come into your presence to worship you. What does the psalm say? Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. See, that's the heart of someone who waits on God. That's the heart of someone. And, and, you know, I was thinking about when I thought, when I understand part of waiting on God is calling or visit in order to pay my respects, that changes the way I come in, doesn't it? It changes my perspective. Right? If I've got an important meeting with somebody, I'm not going to show up late. I'm going to make sure I'm early. But how often do I just roll into church whenever I feel like it? I don't so much. I'm the pastor. I'm supposed to be here. But, right? If, if, but see, if this is about me, I'll roll in when I feel like it. Right? If this is about him, though, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm here to honor him. What does that look like for me? How do I, how do I live that out? Because this is real. It's not just a religious routine. We're gathering and we're meeting with him. We're here to pay our worship, that's, that's part of waiting on God. Collins Dictionary also says to wait on is to supply the needs or requirements of. Now I'm thankful God meets all of our needs according to his riches and glory. But when was the last time you said, Lord, what do you need from me today? Not just what can I get from you. How can I... I mean, think this picture, for it helps me so much when I picture a waiter or a waitress. How can I welcome you in? How can I give you the place of importance? How can I find out what you want? How can I help bring that? You see, that's part of the maturing process that God has us on. But how do we supply? See, family, today, waiting on God is serving him. Waiting on God is seeking him. Waiting on God is supplying and I love it because we only serve because he first served us. Right? What did Jesus say? I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. Guys, we only seek him because he sought us first. We did not choose him, but he chose us and he appointed us that we should go and bear fruit that it remains, that our seeking is a response to the fact that he sought us. We don't supply him first. He supplies us with every need, but then we turn around instead just going, thank you very much. I'm now going to do it for my, live selfishly for myself. What is the heart that says, I'm here to serve you. I'm here. How can I take the money that you've given me? What can I do? How could I use this to advance your kingdom? What do you want? You see the, you see the pattern here, guys? 
But it's that stepping, and I believe this season is so much of stepping over into waiting on the Lord. Stepping over into a new place of serving, of seeking, of supplying. And today for the next few moments before we go back to prayer, I want to particularly zero in on waiting is seeking. Everybody say waiting is seeking. Waiting is seeking. It's not sitting back passively and go, well, okay, I hope you show up at some point. That's not waiting on God. That might be waiting for God. But God's looking for those who will wait on him. Those who will seek him. Zechariah 8, 20 to 22. When was the last time we preached out of Zechariah? I love going there. Zechariah 8, 20 to 22. Thus says the Lord of hosts, people shall yet come, inhabitants of many cities. The inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, let us continue to go and pray before the Lord and seek the Lord of hosts. I myself will go also. Yes, many people and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and pray before the Lord. I love this picture. There's definitely an element. This is a prophetic scripture that its first, you know, its first definition or its first interpretation is it's speaking about you know, the end of times so when Jesus is reigning in Jerusalem and literally nations will come together. But I love it because it also speaks of a heart and it speaks of a passion. And that passion is people coming together and challenging, encouraging one another, calling on one another. Come on, let's go seek the Lord. Let's go seek the Lord together. Come on, will we be a church family that has that heart that says to us, come on, let's seek the Lord. We're here on a Sunday that we say to each other, come on, let's seek the Lord. We stir up each other. We encourage each other. I don't know about you, but when I get around people that are seeking God, it encourages me to seek God. When I show up at 5, 4, 55 a.m., there's a whole bunch of cars already in the parking lot ready to seek the Lord. It just stirs something in my heart. It stirs something. Now, my prayer is that my passion for God stirs something in the hearts of others. But that's part of the community that we stir one another to seek the Lord. And so the question I want you to consider today, I'm asking myself as well, do you have a heart to seek God? Now, don't give me the church answer. Yes, of course, Pastor. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's seek his face. We don't even know what it means, but we're going to seek his face. Right? Let's not give the answer we're supposed to give. I want you to look in your heart this afternoon. Where's our heart at to seek the Lord? We are thankful for his forgiveness, but do we have a heart to seek the Lord? We're thankful for healing. But do we have a heart to seek the Lord? We're thankful for his provision, but do we have a heart to seek the Lord? We're thankful for his gifts and for his great and precious promises, but do we have a heart to seek the Lord? We're thankful for our purpose and our calling and all the things that God has placed on our life and all the things that God has called us to, but do we have a heart to seek the Lord? Guys, all those things I've listed, they're not bad. They're good. They're gifts from God. Forgiveness, healing, provision, his gifts, his promises, all that he's done for us, our calling, our purpose. But do you notice all of those things we can still interact with through a perspective of Jesus, come serve me. 
As opposed to saying, no, my priority in the midst of I'm thankful for forgiveness, but my heart is to seek God. I'm thankful for healing, but that's an overflow of my heart to seek God. I'm thankful for provision, but that again is an overflow of my heart to seek the Lord. I'm thankful for his gifts. I'm thankful for his great and precious promises. I'm thankful for purpose. I'm thankful for calling. I'm thankful for all that God wants to give me. But my heart, first and foremost, is not about what I am getting from him. But my heart, first and foremost, is him because he is worthy and he is awesome and he is holy and my heart is to seek the Lord and even if sometimes these things don't work out the way I wanted them to work out or sometimes a prayer request didn't happen the way I thought it should happen it doesn't change my heart to seek the Lord will we be a people who seek the Lord come on someone tell your neighbor we're going to seek the Lord Psalm 27, verse 8, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to your face, O Lord, I shall seek. Notice it, when you said, seek my face, and I believe God is saying in this time, seek my face. Will our hearts respond and say, your face we will seek? What does that even mean, though? Let's be honest, you know, sometimes there's things we say in church, and if we're honest, we really don't know what it means. But everybody says it long enough, so it sounds good. So I say, I'm going to seek God's face. What does that even mean? Like, where's your face, Lord? I'm trying to find your face. What does this look like? Here's what it means. Seeking his face is synonymous with seeking his presence. In Hebrew, the original language of the Old Testament, actually a common translation of seeking someone's face is literally seeking their presence. So whenever we talk about it, we say, God, we're seeking your face. We're talking about seeking his presence. That's what that turn of phrase means. Now, a couple of things I want us to understand in this. First, we need to understand the difference between God's omnipresence and God's manifested presence. There's a number of attributes of God that are so important for us to understand. God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. God is omnipotent. God is also omnipresent. He is everywhere at once. You cannot go somewhere that God is not there. God is everywhere. You cannot escape or flee from his presence. So then the question becomes, well, then why are we talking about seeking his presence if he's already there? Because there's a difference between his omnipresence, which is everywhere, and his manifested presence, where he comes in power, he comes with his love, he comes with his glory, and that's where he is welcomed and invited. So we all experience his omnipresence because he's always with us, he never leaves us, nor forsakes us, but it's those who seek his face who get to experience his manifested presence. And it's in his manifested presence that we receive all that we need. And so there's two extremes that we need to watch out for. Some people fall into the extreme of a lack mindset. God, please, we need your presence. God, we need your presence. And they're, they're coming from a place like his presence is already here. We don't want to go to that extreme. Because his presence is with us. We don't have to beg for his presence. We don't have to ask, hoping that somehow his presence will show up. We know his presence is here, but when we posture our hearts in the right way, we experience his manifested presence. On the flip side, we want to avoid the extreme of complacency as well. 
Well, God's presence is already with me, so it doesn't matter if I pray. It doesn't matter if I worship. It doesn't matter what I do. That's the wrong extreme as well. Where we want to live is we want to live in this tension of truth where we have faith and confidence that God is with us and that his presence is in our lives, but we are still hungry and thirsty for his manifested presence, and we're saying, Lord, I hunger and I thirst for you. As a deer pants for water, so my soul longs for you. I cry out to you, the living God. That's the sweet spot that we want to live in. Come on, somebody say I, I love your presence. See, the right mindset is a heart of faith that says, God, thank you that you're with me, but I want to experience your manifested presence in my life. Show me your glory. That's what Moses prayed. And I believe that God wants to release greater realms of his glory, his manifested presence, but the realms of his glory and manifested presence come to those who seek him. So I ask us again, where is our heart today regarding seeking God? Secondly, what does it actually mean to seek God? Right, it's like the lights turned off, we're just kind of, okay, God, you're out here somewhere, it's like hide and seek in the dark, where are you, Lord? What does it mean to seek God? I actually like this, John Piper said this, he said, both the Old and New Testaments say that seeking God is a setting of your mind and heart on God. It is the conscious fixing or focusing of our mind's attention Watch this, and our heart's affection on God. Did we do that today when we came in? It's one of the reasons worship is so powerful because it's just an amazing place to help us, but to focus our mind's attention and our heart's affection on God. The setting of the mind, watch this, I love this, is the opposite of mental coasting. Did you coast in worship today? Did you coast this week in seeking God? What's coasting? Coasting is when you have some momentum, but instead of putting your foot on the gas and continue to accelerate, you just ride the momentum. And that can be dangerous, especially in a church family like us where we're seeing some movements of what God is doing. You can come and you can coast, or you can come and you can say, I'm not just going to coast in what God's doing. I'm going to seek the Lord. I'm going to put my foot on the gas here, and we are going to seek the Lord. It is a conscious choice to direct your heart towards God. This is what Paul prays for the church. May the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and to the steadfastness of Christ. 2 Thessalonians 3 verse 5. It is a conscious effort on our part. But watch this. But that effort to seek God is a gift from God. So that's really good news today. It's not about trying harder. It's about saying, God, I want to seek you. I want to have a heart to seek you. Maybe you're listening today and you're realizing my heart's just not there at all. You know what you do? You can just say, Lord, I want to seek you. I want Help me to seek you. Stir some heart. Now, you better watch it because those are some dangerous prayers. You pray, God starts answering those prayers. You ever prayed a prayer you didn't actually want God to answer? Lord, whatever you want to do in my life, do it. God starts doing things like, no, not that, not that. No, no, I meant like this and this and this. The, 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 give me more money. Give me a great looking spouse. This, that. Not, not all that forgiveness stuff. Not all this stuff. Not all that. Okay, maybe I need to preach to another church about doing that kind of thing. Nobody in here does that. The effort to seek God is a gift from God. The heavens are telling the glory of God. We can seek him through that. He reveals himself through his word so we can seek him through that. 
He shows himself to us in the evidence of grace in other people so we can seek him through that. The seeking is the conscious effort to get through the natural means to God himself. To constantly set our minds towards God and our experiences to direct our minds and hearts towards him through the means of revelation. This is what seeking God means. Say it again. I'll say it again. All right. Fair, which part I need to rewind to. The seeking is a conscious effort to get through the natural means to God himself. To constantly set our minds towards God and all our experiences. To direct our minds and hearts towards him through the means of his revelation. This is what seeking God means. I love this. God calls us to enjoy continual consciousness of his supreme greatness and beauty and worth. Amen? Say it again? Okay, I'll say that part again too. I'll, I'll put these on the screen next time, read, all right? But it is online. Just so you guys know, you can go to YouTube and rewind, all right? Just so you know. God calls us to enjoy continual consciousness of his supreme greatness and beauty and worth. Not don't you, I don't live there enough. I get caught up in the busyness of life. I get caught up in all the tasks I have to do. I get caught up in my frustrations and my insecurities and fears and all these things that hit there. But God's saying, no, I'm looking for those who will seek me. I'm looking for those who will seek my face. When I said seek my face, your heart said my, your face I will seek. Your presence I will seek. Not just what you can give me. Not just what you can do for me. Not coming every Sunday, sitting down at the spiritual restaurant, waiting for a good meal, Pastor Brendan prepared. Come on, Jesus. And I might be a little extreme, but, but we can slide into that so much. It's like, no, no, no. Put him at the table. Go get the whatever you need to get and say, what would you like? Because here's the thing, when you give him the food, he takes the food, he blesses the food, he breaks the food, and then he feeds the entire restaurant. And so we're there trying to get what we need, but what we understand, when we give it to him, and we put him in the proper place in our life, and we worship him and honor him the way he needs to, he's not trying to get it for himself. He's trying to get his hands on it so he can bless it, he can break it, he can multiply it, and he can spread it to the multitudes. But how often? It's like the little boy with the five loaves and two fish. You ever thought about him? Nobody else brought a lunch. He was smart. He brought a lunch. He's like my wife. He pre-planned. I don't know why the other 5,000 people ran out there with no food, but this boy was prepared. He had his five loaves. He had his two fishes. He was ready. But all of a sudden, Jesus asked him for his food. Now, some of you, let's tell the truth. You say, no, this is my food. <laughs> right? This is mine. This is, this is why I thank you, Jesus. Or, you know what, Jesus, I'll give you, I'll give you half, but I need something for myself. But God bless this little boy. We don't know anything else about him. One day, look forward to meeting him in heaven. But he said, here, you can have the food. But what he didn't know was the minute he said, I'm going to give it to you. And then Jesus blessed it and broke it and began to multiply it. His lunch now became the food for 5,000 men plus the woman and the children. Guys, what miracle power does God want to release into the lives of people who will stop trying just to get him? to meet their needs and sit him at the table and say, look, here's what I have. Let me bring it to you and see what you can multiply and what you can do. But it's about people who will seek God. Will we be people who seek God? Will we be people who seek his face? 
Can I read you a few more verses about seeking his face? I'm going to do it anyways, but... Psalm 105, verse 4, seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face forevermore. 1 Chronicles 16, 11, seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face continually. Proverbs 8, 17, I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently find me. Jeremiah 29, 13, when you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I'm not slowing down now. Y'all just got to go watch the video. Deuteronomy 4.29. From there you will seek the Lord your God and you will find him if you search after him with all your heart and with all your soul. Psalm 119 verse 2. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies and seek him with their whole heart. Psalm 119 verse 10. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I love Psalm 14 verse 2 says this. The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. This verse is really interesting to me. because It says, the Lord looks down. God loves all of us. He's a father to all of us if we've made Jesus our Lord and Savior. I think it's very interesting, even the fact he uses the word children. But he's still watching to say, who's going to seek me, though? Who, who's going to seek me? He's going to bless you. He's going to provide for you. He's going to take care of you because that's what a good father does. But there's something in his heart that he's looking. He's saying, who's going to seek me? He's looking for communities of people that are actually going to prioritize not just what they can get from him, but how they can seek him. Will we be those and God looks at us and says, oh, there's someone who wants to seek me. You know, it's, I, I, this is such a key season right now. And I believe, guys, for so many of us, we didn't know it. We didn't realize it. But so often, we've been coming and sitting down and kind of expecting God to serve us. And, I, and it's not even necessarily like this terrible thing just because it's actually part of the maturing process. So I think the word children is very specific here. Because you ever know little kids, they don't really think about their parents and, and what's going on with their parents. You know what I mean? Right, like that beautiful little baby does not wake up at three in the morning and go, you know what? Mom and dad have had a hard week. And I think I'm just going to be quiet and stay here in bed. And I can survive till a, a godly hour at like 7 a.m. No, do they do that? No. They don't think about it. They wake up. They think, I'm hungry. Wah! I was laughing. I was going to say, and praise God, Pastor Sharon was way better at getting up in the nights than I was. Now, if you tell the truth, she just didn't trust me. Because she knows I will fall asleep very easily. And she's like, you are not falling asleep holding our baby and like dropping the baby or something. So she didn't try, but she would be up. But, but it's amazing. But even as a parent, that doesn't bother us. We're not like angry. But as your child begins to mature, all of a sudden as there's a maturing process, they start to realize the world does not just revolve around them. And they start to reach the point where they start thinking about you. And I can say some of my favorite moments as a father are times where my kids just out of the blue for no reason at all think about me on something or do something for me and it does something for you. It's like 
I think of Shiloh. Like Shiloh does this. She, she's got a real sense of heart. So sometimes she shows up and say, how are you today, Dad? How are you doing, Dad? How was your day? And it almost catch me off guard because I'm like, uh, uh. I remember the one time she rebuked me for not being able to share my testimony fast enough, but that was a whole other matter. She's like, Dad, you need to be able to share your testimony, Dad. I haven't heard your testimony. What's your testimony? Oh, yeah, she was on me about her te- my testimony. But when was the last time you asked God how he's doing today? Now, for a lot of us, we go, what? But as Pastor Sharon started with School of Spirit, knowing the emotions of God. When's the last time you asked God, not what can you just, what can you do for me today, but what could I do for you? How can I honor you today? There's a whole lot of people out there ignoring you, cussing you, sinning against you, blaming you for a whole bunch of stuff. And he's God, he can handle it. It's not really like it bothers him, but I still think there's something special when he's got some of his kids to say, hey, how can I worship you today? Is there someone I can reach out to on your behalf today? The Lord looked down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understands, who seek after God. One last verse, and if the team wants to come back. Hosea 10, verse 12. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap steadfast love. Break up your follow ground. Everybody say follow ground. For it is the time to seek the Lord that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. I love this verse, guys. It's such a powerful, it talks about how God wants to come and he wants to rain righteousness on it, on us, but he's looking to rain righteousness on those who will seek him. Will we be those who will seek him? Will we be those who seek his face? Will we be those who prioritize his presence in this season, but beyond this season? Will we be those who say, one thing I ask and one thing I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, face I will seek? Will we be those? And I love this because this verse gives us a very important key. It talks about breaking up the follow ground. Now, what is follow ground? I was laughing. Gail and I were, Gail was talking about, because she was, does a lot of gardening, one of our leaders here in church. And she tells me, God always speaks to me when I'm gardening. She helps clean up some of the gardens here at church. And she came up with like five or six different things, God, this, and teach that. And, but she said to me, you know what, it's interesting. She said, because I kind of garden and grew up in the country more. She said, a lot of city people, they just don't understand this stuff at all. I said, yeah, you're right, it's true. No idea. So most of us, you don't know what follow ground is whatsoever. Here's what follow ground is. Follow ground is ground that used to bear crops. But for one reason or another, became hard. It became hard. And what you have to do is you have to, because see, the problem is you try and sow seed into follow ground and it just bounces off. When the rain comes, instead of penetrating into the soil, the rain runs off because the ground has become hard and become follow. Now, the ground was not always that way. The ground actually used to be fruitful, but because of one reason or another, it became hard. And family, I want to encourage you today. God is calling us to seek him. God is calling us to sow righteousness. God is calling us to reap steadfast love. God is calling us 
to, he wants to rain his righteousness upon us, but he's looking for those who will seek him and those who will break up the follow ground. There's some of you listening to me today, and you know there's been times in your life where you were so hungry for God. There's been times in your life where your heart was so soft towards the things of God. You were so hungry for the word. You'd worship with tears streaming down your face. You'd be the first person to prayer, the last person to leave the altar. But somewhere along the way, life happened. Disappointment, spiritual warfare, battles you went through, something went on, and your heart became hard. And God is saying to you that you can come back to a place. You're not too far gone. It's not over. You just need to make the decision. I'm going to break up the follow ground. Well, how do you break up follow ground? Well, what you do is you get the plow, and you get the plow out there, and you just begin to start. And at first, it's hard. At first, it's difficult because the grounds become hard. But if you just keep pushing it forward, and then you just keep pushing it forward, you get in worship, and you seek his face. You get into prayer times, and you seek his face. You get into the, you know, the, the, the word of God, and you seek his face, and you begin to break up the follow ground. And then it's the ground that is follow is broken up. The seeds that are sown begin to bear fruit. As the ground that is broken up, God says, oh, hey, I can reign righteousness. Why? Because there's ground that is ready to receive. Guys, will we be those who break up follow ground? Will we be those who encourage one another to seek the Lord? Will we be those that seek his face? Not just what he can do for us. Like, I'm thankful for salvation. Like, so thankful. But that's what God does for me. I'm thankful for love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. That's what God does for me. I'm thankful for the gifts of the Spirit, but that's what God does for me. I'm thankful for financial provision and blessing. Pastor Sharon and I are going through an amazing season of some harvest and manifestation. But you know, that's what God does for me. In the middle of it all, will we be those that seek his face. Come on, somebody say, seek his face. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a few moments before we dismiss today. And we said this season is about responding to God. And I just want you to bow your head right now. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to ask yourself the question of today, where is my heart at regarding seeking the Lord? Is there follow ground? Are we prepared to break up that follow ground today? And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask the team just to begin to worship. And I'm not going to tell you how to respond. I just want you to seek the Lord today. I want us to set our hearts to continue to press in this season to seek him. But I believe there's like this prophetic act today of us responding to this word. What, what better way to respond to a word about seeking his face than seeking his face? I just go, oh, that's a nice message. Okay, let's go to Swishele. And so, Father, I pray today in Jesus' name that our hearts will be stirred to seek you. That when you said, seek your face, our hearts will say, your face we will seek.
God, it will not just be a nice message. It will not just be something where we're stirred in a moment. But we will be those that seek you. So the team's just going to begin to worship. And you respond however is in your heart to respond to God. But let's take a few moments here to seek his face before we dismiss. For you to do whatever you want to, to do whatever you want to, and I will make room for you, oh God, to do whatever you want to, to do whatever you today declare it to do whatever you want to
Every moment I'm away. 